All right, good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School Sermon Center. We're in Random Lake, Wisconsin. So glad to have you with us all here today for our congregation at prayer. It is Tuesday, November 24th, 2020. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our memory verse today, or for this week I should say, we say it together. From childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy 3 verse 15. Our psalm, Psalm 99. The Lord reigns, let the peoples tremble. He sits enthroned upon the cherubim, let the earth quake. The Lord is great in Zion. He is exalted over the people, all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. Holy is he. The king in his might loves justice. You have established equity. You have executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. Exalt the Lord our God. Worship at his footstool. Holy is he. Moses and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel also was among those who called upon his name. They called to the Lord, and he answered them. In the pillar of the cloud, he spoke to them. They kept his testimonies and the statute that he gave them. O Lord our God, you answered them. You were a forgiving God to them, but an avenger of their wrongdoings. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy mountain, for the Lord our God is holy. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right. Before we do our readings, I note uh, got some new uh, viewers here watching on Facebook. Lori and uh, David, good to have you both. First reading today, continuation from St. Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, chapter 5. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church, having not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, 
A man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. There ends the reading. All right. Now our reading for catechesis, continuation from the book of Judges. Oh, look, there's Roman too. We have Russia, UK, all sorts of folks here. Good to have you. Judges chapter 14. Now, Samson went down to Timnah and saw a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. So he went up and told his father and mother, saying, I have seen a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. Now therefore, get her for me as a wife. Then his father and mother said to him, Is there no woman among the daughters of your brethren, or among all my people, that you must go and get a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said to his father, Get her for me, for she pleases me well. There you go, children. But his father and mother did not know that it was of the Lord that he was seeking an occasion to move against the Philistines. For at that time, the Philistines had dominion over Israel. So Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother and came to the vineyards of Timnah. Now to his surprise, a young lion came roaring against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he tore the lion apart as one would have torn apart a young goat, though he had nothing in his hand. But he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done. Then he went down and talked with the woman, and she pleased Samson well. After some time, when he returned to get her, he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion, and behold, a swarm of bees and honey were in the carcass of the lion. He took some of it in his hands and went along eating. When he came to his father and mother, he gave some to them, and they also ate. But he did not tell them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. So his father went down to the woman, and Samson gave a feast there, for young men used to do so. And it happened when they saw him that they brought thirty companions to be with him. Then Samson said to them, Let me pose a riddle to you. If you can correctly solve and explain it to me within seven days of the feast, then I will give you thirty linen garments and thirty changes of clothing. But if you cannot explain it to me, then you shall give me thirty linen garments and thirty changes of clothing. And they said to him, Pose your riddle, that we may hear it. So he said to them, Out of the eater came something to eat, and out of the strong came something sweet. Now for three days they could not explain the riddle, but it came to pass on the seventh day, that they said to Samson's wife, Entice your husband, that he may explain the riddle to us, or else we will burn you and your father's house with fire. Have you not invited us in order to take what is ours? Is that not so? Then Samson's wife uh, wept on him and said, You only hate me. You do not love me. You have posed a riddle to the sons of my people, but you have not explained it to me. And he said to her, Look, I have not explained it to my father or my mother. (laughs) Should I explain it to you? Now she had wept on him the seven days while their feast lasted, and it happened on the seventh day that he told her, because she pressed him so much. Then she explained the riddle to the sons of her people. So the men of the city came, uh, said to him, on the seventh day before the sun went down, 
What is sweeter than honey, and what is stronger than a lion? And he said to them, If you had not plowed with my heifer, you would have not solved my riddle. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily, and he went down to Ashkelon and killed thirty of their men, took their apparel, and gave the changes of clothing to those who explained the riddle. So his anger was aroused, and he went back up to his father's house. And Samson's wife was given to his companion, who had been his best man. What a story. Uh, The book of Judges has a lot of fun stories like this. All right, so where did Samson go to start our story? Again, this is like uh, playing Jeopardy at home. Got to yell it out. Yeah, he goes to Timnah. And what did he do there? He saw a young Philistine woman. Now, you may recall, there is a similar story that took place at Timnah. It's not a place that's mentioned very often in the scriptures, so let's see if you remember. All right. Well, how about this? Um, Then Judah said to Tamar, his daughter-in-law, Genesis 38, Remain a widow in your father's house till my son Shelah is grown. For he said, Lest he also die like his brothers. And Tamar went and dwelt in her father's house. Now in the process of time, the daughter of Shua, Judah's wife, died. And Judah was comforted and went up to his sheep shearers at, here it is, Timnah, he and his friend Hira the Adulamite. And it was told Tamar, saying, Look, your father-in-law is going up to Timnah to shear his sheep. So he took off her widow's garments, covered herself with a veil, and wrapped herself and sat in an open place, which was on the way to Timnah, for she saw that Shelah was grown, and she was not given to him as a wife. Then Judah saw her, and, when she, and he thought she was a harlot, because she had covered her face. Then he turned to her by the way and said, Please let me come in to you. For he did not know that she was his daughter-in-law. <laughs> Another fun such story, right? Yeah, this is where Judah saw Tamar and hired her as a prostitute. Um, what was is the importance of the verb in verse 1 there? He saw a woman. Think about uh, how each story of each judge begins. Yes, they did what was evil in their sight, in their sight, right? So here Samson, just like Israel, did what was right in his own eyes but not in the Lord's. I'll give you another example uh, from later on in Judges. So we'll jump ahead a little bit. Uh, Judges 21, verse 25. This was the, uh, the end of the book. In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. All right, so that isn't the spirit of the age. Uh, it always has been. That's what sin is. That's what sin looks like. Okay, what did Samson tell his parents? Yeah. They should get him, a, get him this girl as his wife, right? His parents respond, of course. Uh, no. <laughs> Can, could you not find someone from uh, our own people rather than from the uncircumcised Philistines? Emphasis there on unbelievers, right? Uncircumcised. And what did they, uh, why did they say this? This is actually the uh, command of God, right? Back from Deuteronomy 7. I remember we discussed this. Um, Nor shall you bring an abomination into your house, lest you be doomed to destruction like it. You should 
Oh, excuse me, I should go back one, uh, one verse, sorry. Um, you shall burn the carved images of their gods with fire. You shall not covet the silver and gold that is on them, nor take it for yourselves, lest you be snared by it, for it is an abomination to the Lord your God. Um, you shall not bring an abomination into your house, lest you be doomed to destruction like it. You shall utterly detest it um, and utterly abhor it, for it is an accursed thing. Right? So this is, um, we t we've talked about this in regards to um, not intermarrying. Deuteronomy 7, verse 30. Yeah, that's the wrong section of Deuteronomy. That's also true. I'm trying to find it here. Mm, it talks about not marrying those uh, in the land which they're coming to inherit. Huh. Well, that's not 7, verse 30. Is it verse 20? Sorry, my note is wrong here. Oh, well. Yeah, I don't see it, so take my word for it. <laughs> I remember we discussed it when we studied Deuteronomy. Um, what important information does the writer give us in particular in verse 4? Right, so this is uh, one of those editorial notes from the author of the book. Yeah, that the Lord was seeking an occasion for Samson to confront the Philistines. Um, this is part of God's foreknowledge and his providence that he uses all things, even Samson's um, lust, actually to bring about uh, the work that he intends through Samson. So he even uses Samson's sin um, for the benefit of those who love him <laughs> and are called according to his purpose. Oh, who went down to Timnah? Then, yeah, it's Samson along with his father and mother. And what happened at the vineyards? A young lion came roaring against him, right? And he tore it apart with his bare hands like a young goat. Of course, why was he able to do this? Is he like Superman? No, it's quite explicit here. It says in verse 6, right? The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Uh, what did, or who did not know what Samson had done? Interesting note, they were going, traveling with him, and yet his father and mother did not know what he had done. Uh, what did Samson then do at Timnah? Verse 7, he talked to the woman, right? And what was in the lion's carcass when Samson returned to Timnah? Yeah, a swarm of bees and some honey. Samson, of course, scooped it out with his hands and ate it, gave some to his parents, and they ate. Um, of course, he did not tell them <laughs> that uh, he had taken the honey out of the carcass. Uh, why not? Yeah, remember, uh, we discussed this yesterday. It's not permissible for a Nazarite to go near a carcass, um, near any dead thing or person. Okay? Because Nazarites, uh, that was part of their vow. Uh, was eating the honey then permissible for his parents? Remember the command given by God to his mother? Right, that she not um, drink wine or strong drink or uh, cut his hair or eat any unclean thing, right? So um, this food from a dead body was also unclean. So we have them going against the Lord's command here. What custom did Samson observe then at Timnah? You see that in verse 10? Yeah, he uh, gave the feast as the young men did used to do so. And uh, what was brought to Samson for the feast? Yeah, he was given 30. He was given 30 um, Philistine companions. All right. 
what wager did Samson make with his Philistine companions? Yeah, weirdest story ever. Uh, yeah, it gets weirder. If they could not solve the riddle within the seven-day feast, he would give them 30 linen garments and 30 sets of clothes. 30 linen garments and 30 sets of clothes. All right. Of course, we'll see how that plays out. Of course, what was the riddle? Out of the eater came something to eat, and out of the strong came something sweet. Isn't that nice of our uh, English translators to make it uh, rhyme? <laughs> how many days uh, could they not answer? It says there, could not answer for three days. What did they try on the fourth um, day? Um, or verse 15 here, um, there's some dispute as to which text is accurate, the seventh day. What did they dispute? Yeah, they, th um, or try, I should say, they, they made a threat against his wife, right? To burn his wife in his father's house if she did not get an answer from her husband. That's what we call cheating. <laughs> All right, so what did she do then? She cried and accused him of hating her because she had not, or he had not explained the riddle to her. Fair enough. Um, how did Samson first respond? Uh, well, I didn't even explain it to my mother and father, right? You see that? Yeah, that's in verse 16 there. All right. Uh, how did she finally get Samson to tell her? You might call this the way of the woman. I'm joking, of course. <laughs> yeah, she just cried and cried and cried for, for the rest of the seven days of the feast until he finally told her on the seventh day. And what happened when he told her? Of course, she told the riddle to her people. All right, and they give the, the reason. What was the reason? She explained the riddle. Uh, they said, the strong eater was the lion, and the sweet thing to eat was honey. All right. Looks like Facebook's having some challenges. Yeah, refresh your page if you need to. Get audio back. Don't know what's going on there. Uh, what accusation did Samson bring against his companions? This is quite the statement, I think. That they had plowed with his heifer to get the answer. That's probably not the right way to refer to your wife, is it? Um, but obviously he's been betrayed. It's not going to go well for her with him either. Uh, of course, what does Samson's response mean? That he had inter they had interfered with his wife to get the secret. Uh, and then, who or what came upon Samson? Again, verse 19, the Spirit of the Lord, right? And he killed 30 Philistines in Ashkelon, stripped them, and then fulfilled his promise, <laughs> gave the 30, um, gave the clothes to the 30 companions. Where did Samson go once he had paid off the wager? Yeah, his anger was aroused. He went back to his father's house and he uh, actually forfeited Samson's wife, gave him, she was given as, or to a companion who had attended him at the wedding, to one of those 30 men. Not a very long wedding, marriage. All right, meditation on this text. Like Judah before him, Samson relied on what he saw instead of what he had been told by the Lord. The killing of the lion by the vineyard reminds us of the lion of Judah, who would come and rescue the people 
of his vineyard from that roaring lion, the devil. Samson violated the Nazarite regulations by touching and eating from the carcass, yet he was also the chosen instrument of God. So our Lord, through his death and resurrection, would come to make clean what was once unclean. Out of the strong man, that is death, our Lord, the great Lion of Judah, offers the sweet food of his own body and blood for the forgiveness of sins. The Holy Spirit used this man of sin to bring judgment upon the enemies of Israel. On the fourth day, when Samson should have trusted in the gospel promise of the Father's love spoken to Judah, he instead listened to his wife's cry for love. The thirty garments point to the clothing of baptism when our Lord fully clothed us with the wedding garments of the Blessed Trinity. There's probably all sorts of other interpretations that you could also apply. (laughs) But yes, it is quite the weird story. But I think, uh, again, God uses even um, evil and wickedness in this world. He uses it for the benefit of those who love him. I think that's ultimately the point. Right? And yes, Samson is not the most noble judge of all, is he? All right, for our catechism this week, uh, it's not the creed, it's the Lord's Prayer. I guess I didn't change that yesterday. We confess the introduction, our Father who art in heaven. What does this mean? With these words, God tenderly invites us to believe that he is our true Father and that we are his true children, so that with all boldness and confidence we may ask him as dear children ask their dear Father. What's the first petition? Hallowed be thy name. What does this mean? God's name is certainly holy in itself, but we pray in this petition that it may be kept holy among us also. How is God's name kept holy? God's name is kept holy when the word of God is taught in its truth and purity, and we as the children of God lead holy lives according to it. Help us to do this, dear Father in heaven. But anyone who teaches or lives contrary to God's word profanes the name of God among us. Protect us from this, Heavenly Father. All right, we pray. Heavenly Father and Holy Baptism, we became your dear children and you became our dear Father. You have given us every gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And for Jesus' sake, have made us or made to us many great and precious promises. We thank you for the gift of forgiveness, for clothing us with the righteousness of Christ, and for making us joint heirs with your Son of eternal life. Forgive us for doubting your tender love for us and for not trusting that we are your dear children in Jesus. Give us confidence in your word, boldness to call upon you in prayer for all our needs, and the joy of being your dearly loved and forgiven children. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Heavenly Father, you hallow your name among us when your word is taught in its truth and purity, and we, as your dear children, also lead holy lives according to it. We give thanks to you for the gift of your word, for our pastors, parents, and others who teach it, for the holy lives of your faithful Christians who live according to it. Forgive us for the many ways in which we profane your holy name among us by failing to teach your word in its truth and purity, to pray for our pastors and teachers, or to lead holy lives. Protect us from false doctrine and evil living. Help all who are called to teach and preach your word to do so in faithfulness and grant us to receive your word rightly, that our lives may be made holy by it. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. On this Tuesday, we pray for deliverance against temptation and evil. 
for the addicted and despairing, for the tortured and oppressed, and for those struggling with sin. Pray for all our first responders, doctors, nurses, and those who work in nursing homes and hospitals. Pray for an end to all fear, anxious thoughts, and constant worry. Pray for deliverance from all authoritarian, tyrannical, and dictatorial rule, and those who would censor or restrict our faith, as well as our rights to speech, press, assembly, and protest. Pray for our military and law enforcement personnel. We pray with those who celebrate today their birthday, Alexis and William, those who rejoice in the gift of their baptism, Grayson, Elroy, and Russ. We pray with those who are ill, recovering, or undergoing treatment, that the Lord um, grant them healing according to his will, especially Marcella, Jan, Kelsey, Ron, Marlene, Brad, Janet, and Timothy, Susan and Ken, Pastor, Sandy, Linda, Joan, Ken, and Roger, as well as Penny, not only has a broken arm, actually, and a torn tendon. We pray for our homebound, Bev, David, Willis, and Janice, and Mickey. We pray for our mission of the month, Becca DeLoach, as well as the work of Sheboygan County Hispanic Outreach. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray our collect for this week. O Lord, absolve your people from their offenses that from the bonds of our sins, which by reason of our frailty we have brought upon ourselves, we may be delivered by your bountiful goodness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, we sing our hymn for this week, The Bridegroom Soon Will Call Us.
That concludes our congregation of prayer for today, November 24th, 2020. Yes, it is a beautiful, comforting um, hymn, like I talked about yesterday. Um, now I'm in a Pretorius mood. <laughs> I have quite a few uh, Michael Pretorius uh, recordings, or recordings of his settings. Uh, wonderful Lutheran uh, tune um, setting or composer, uh, but also a fantastic test from, or text, I should say, from Johann Walter. Johann Walter, uh, one of Luther's friends. So this is an early Reformation hymn. But isn't it? It really gets to the heart of it. Okay, so uh, today is Tuesday, so uh, that's it for today. Um, join us again tomorrow morning for our Congregation of Prayer. Um, again, note, we took a hiatus on our Wednesday night Bible study now until uh, January, so after the first of the year we'll come back. Um, but you will have opportunities starting uh, next week for Advent midweek services, God willing, streaming from from church uh, at 7 p.m. on Wednesday nights. Also, uh, this week, Thursday morning, uh, no congregation at prayer, uh, but the uh, divine service from our congregation will be at 9.30 on Thursday morning, so you'll be able to catch the stream of that and join us that way, virtually, if you're able. So yes, good to have you all with us. Uh, We've got people from all over the world, which is (laughs) pretty incredible to think. And uh, yeah, join us again tomorrow. God be with you.